this morning we're learning some more about scriptures that maybe we've heard and we haven't fully under, understood. So you're talking sure. about this one that has to do with the camel. That's right. If you missed that, basically, why did Jesus say it's easier for yeah for a camel to go through a gate than a rich man? Or maybe the better question is, did he actually say that? Or okay, explain it. Is that just a oh, that's that's a, that's a tail end here. I got to get you the introduction first. <laughs> Three <laughs> so, hours yeah, later. That was, that's just a radio as we call it, a tease. That's just a tease, purely a tease. And well, it's funny. Because there's literally a gate in Jerusalem, which the tour tour guides call the Camel Gate, and that's the reason for it is that in scripture. So uh, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer this morning, but not from the Greek, which our English Bibles were translated from. We're digging into the Gospel of Matthew in the Hebrew language, which may have its roots back further than the Greek copies. If you were taught that the New Testament was originally written in Greek, or that Hebrew wasn't even spoken in the first century, we're also looking at some basic evidence that proved that to be false. So uh, it's interesting because I've taught this first at uh, the Church of War Hill about a month ago or so and just had a number of people come up and sit and talk and and ask these questions. I said, so, well, before we jump in this on the radio, at least I'll, I'll give you some evidence why uh, not everybody believes uh, what those, you know, about the Greek dominance in this area. So one interesting thing is uh, archaeologists recovered coins. They're always finding these, especially uh, as they're digging up and preparing things in Jerusalem. But archaeologists recovered coins minted in Judea during the Second Temple period. So again, 500 B.C. to 70 A.D. with inscriptions written in the late Semitic script and in Paleo-Hebrew with the word Shema, like uh, Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. Uh, and also they found a letter that was written in Hebrew by the leader of the Bar Kokhba revolt that happened in the one, 130 AD. So you're you're talking about 100 years after Jesus died and rose again. And, uh, and that was very clearly him and, and in Hebrew. So it's a little hard to have an argument that says it, there was no Hebrew back then when everybody seems to be speaking it. Uh, since 1947, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, about 500 documents were discovered in those 11 caves in Qumran. We've been there three times to uh, to see in a fascinating place, a lot of interesting things. In addition to the scrolls and fragments in Hebrew, there's portions and fragments of scrolls in Aramaic. So again, there's not a lot of question about this. but. There's nothing wrong with our New Testament written in Greek. I don't want you to misunderstand. It's proved extremely accurate over time. But recognizing the presence of other voices that testify the same thing in either Hebrew, Aramaic, or Syriac provide just an even deeper revelation. That's what we're looking for. Most importantly, the New Testament was written by Jews living in a Jewish culture. When the New Testament is read from a Jewish perspective, it does tend to come alive. Both the Greek and Aramaic versions would have been translated from early manuscripts. There's no original manuscripts left of any book of the Bible because time destroys them, right? So nobody could unequivocally say this. You know, they just can't say that. No original documents uh, survived. Every, they make copies of old copies so they could pass down through time. That's how that works. As I mentioned, uh, back in 1933, George Lamzo was the first to really take the Syriac and bring it into, into English for us. And what that did is it, it gave us some insights into what they call the idioms that are unique to the Aramaic and Hebrew. So Matthew 19.24, the question you ask, a camel, what's the value of other translations? One of the stories of Jesus in Matthew 19 opens up considerably when you reach for the Aramaic translation. So the Aramaic word for camel 
Yeah, now, you've actually written a camel, so just, <laughs> just to give you relating to that, Aramaic <laughs> word for camel is written identically to the word for rope. Hmm. So a mistranslated word occurred due to the translator's limitations from the language when the original Aramaic scrolls were being transferred into the Greek. So in the translation from the Greek, we'll just go to King James. And again, I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. You go back to the original Aramaic even before that Greek. And again, I say to you that it's easier for a rope to enter into the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Mm. It does sound a little more logical, doesn't it? Yeah. So sometimes, in a second voice that confirms that concept, St. Cyril, in his commentary on Luke, uh, which uh, well says the camel is the term used by those versed in navigation for a thick rope. So you get two voices from the past there. Claude uh, Tesmontant, I believe is how you say his name, is a lecturer for the Institute de France, author of all the, well, a number of Old Testament Hebrew to Greek uh, dictionaries from the Septuagint. He showed specific Semitisms that were present in the language that would not have been there if Greek was the origin. And this one will reach to Luke 9:51. He fixed his face to go to Jerusalem. Now, we have idioms in English as well, and this is just one of those that's a little more present in Hebrew and Aramaic. But he fixed his face to go to Jerusalem makes absolutely no sense in Greek, really, or English. But it's a Hebrew expression that's frequently used in the Old Testament, meaning he firmly decided. The presence of an idiom in a text indicates the origin of the text, because if you don't use that idiom, why would it be in, a, in, in, in the text? In this case, it just helps you show that particular uh, passage came originally from Hebrew, not from Greek. Another uh, Frenchman, Jean Carmignac, one of the greatest experts in biblical studies in the world, foremost in uh, Qumran uh, Hebrew of Jesus' time, uh, talked about Mike, Mark uh, 5.13, why that was kind of evidence of a Hebrew origin. It's a story, and we've actually been to this spot in Israel as well, of the herd of about 2,000 pigs, uh, which were, you know, jumped off the cave from the cave area there and into the Sea of Galilee. About 2,000 pigs. Uh, number one, he says, it would have been virtually impossible to gather 2,000 pigs. We've been to this spot, gotta say, probably, probably correct on that one. In Hebrew, they only write consonants. And the word for about 2,000, if read with other vowels, means by packs, like packs of dogs or wolves or things like that. Hmm. So rather than the scripture saying about 2,000 pigs, as they thought in the Greek, it really just says the herd jumped from the cliff into sea by packs. They were doing it in groups. The correct language makes it clear and plausible. Also shows the Hebrew origin to the text. A lot of times when you have a weird text, people say, well, it's, they, they just made that up. That's not even real. Uh, both... Carmignac and, and Tresmonson insisted that the Greek used in the Gospels was translated from Hebrew or Aramaic. It's not original language. So that's not really going to spend any more time on that discussion. We're going to jump into where this particular uh, Matthew Gospel came from. Really interesting, fascinating story. Going to go into the Inquisition with a rabbi by the name of Shem Tov and uh, tell you more and then jump into Matthew. 
and then you can get on the More Music app later. You can listen to all these. You can share this with somebody. You can press pause on there anytime. You can get on the blog, you know, check out all the notes, read through this, and just learn more because there's a whole lot to learn. There's a whole lot of studying that you do, you know, to get ready for this. Lots of people have wanted to pause me. They just pause. <laughs> <laughs> this is my dad, so I can give him a hard time. I can be <laughs> yes, like, you're going to be here for three hours. Three hours later, like, it's <laughs> a lot of information. Wait till I get coffee and me. Yeah. <laughs>